Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is my show where I chat with some of the funniest and most interesting people that I've met on Twitter. This week's friend is Sarah Henry at Catstronomical. Sarah is a very knowledgeable and funny lady who graces us with her great wit and wisdom on this episode. It was very fun, and I urge everyone to go follow Sarah right now. Golly, it's Friends of the Show, episode 15 with at Catstronomical. Time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. Martha Trolley Curtin. Welcome to Friends of the Show, episode 15, with Sarah Henry at Catstronomical on Twitter. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, yeah, you sound great. Uh, We're going to hope for one of the best audio quality episodes yet. So you're welcome, listeners, for this audio (laughs) Yeah, you are welcome, because I had to uh, hang this mic from a ceiling fan with a tie. We got a very uh, exclusive, extensive setup for for this episode for you. Um, So just a little bit about Sarah. She's a very cool space cat who I have recently encountered online on Twitter. Very cool, very funny and nice person. And also a great supporter of this very podcast, asking some of the best questions ever to be read by yours truly on this show. Sarah is a history professor who also works in an anatomy museum. and. As luck would have it, you're going back to school in the fall for pathology. So a lot of very cool stuff that we're going to get into in this episode. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Definitely more like (laughs) it. We received a lot of great questions because everyone trying to give back uh, as to how you have given them great questions. And so I hope that uh, the listeners will enjoy all of these questions in this question-heavy episode. (laughs) Great. Um, So let's get right into it. Uh, We will begin with your story. And the story, you kind of gave a spoiler in the title, so I'm going to – I tweaked it a little bit. The title that I will give this story is – that time that my uncle learned about instant karma. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's a that's a better title uh, if you want to keep the element of surprise in the just in the a little story. bit for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was when I I told this story to Mason at you know Mason Peedford and she was crying laughing. Uh, <laughs> and I told her the title of it before I told her. So so um. I, my uncle, he's dead now. Nobody cares. Um, I know that's not really mean, but after this story. So he started talking about Song of the South. Is that, uh, is that a movie you're familiar with? I am not familiar with that. Okay. It's a movie from 1946 um, from Disney. And basically it takes place in Reconstruction Era South. So this older black gentleman who used to be a slave on the plantation is now telling stories to a child who's like the nephew of the plantation owner. And it's been criticized for being like racist and perpetuating racist stereotypes and kind of like glorifying plantation life in the South. Um, And Disney doesn't release it anymore, but you can still get copies of it if you're so inclined. Right. So it's Um, it's in a different Disney vault. (laughs) Yes. 
So my uncle started talking. We were at a family picnic for my grandfather's 80th birthday, and he just started talking about how Song of the South was a really good movie. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but, you know, it's kind of it's been criticized now for being kind of racist and perpetuating stereotypes. And he was like, well, that's just how things were. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think so. Like, it, it kind of takes on a view that that most people would not agree with now. And he's like. Well, you know, Sarah, not all masters were mean to their slaves. Uh oh. Yeah. Problematic. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, but they were still slaves. And he was like, yeah, that's just how it was, basically. About four seconds after saying this to me, he turns and trips over a dog leash that was tied (laughs) to the pavilion we were at. And he fell down a hill. And it wasn't like a regular normal fall that people have. It was the slowest fall I have ever witnessed in my entire life. So he like just kept falling. And then when you thought he was done falling, he just fell some more. Like he fell down an entire hill. So we got a um, Homer Simpson falling down the gorge type <laughs> <yes>. scenario. <laughs> it was like he never stopped. And then eventually he like rolled into a picnic table and he did stop. And then everybody kind of like ran over to him and I just looked over at my it was my boyfriend at the time but my husband now and we just like exchanged this look like what the fuck is happening right now and then everybody ran over to the picnic table and they were like my grandfather was like three inches from my uncle's face going like are you okay and it was super awkward he gets up he sits in a chair they get him some ice and he looks at me and goes so song of the south was a really good movie (laughs) picks up right where he left (laughs) off did not learn uh the lesson intended by the old hill fall (laughs) he did not um but it was seriously one of the funniest and most awkward things i've witnessed in my lifetime and like now it's hilarious but like then it was so awkward to be in that situation i just wanted to leave oh and and it also sounds like a winning video on america's funniest videos for oh sure. my god i been. wish i wish i had recorded that happening could have just enjoyed it again and again but it was it was such a nice instant karma but he learned nothing from it obviously yeah so. mm, that's <laughs> unfortunate but it is good that it uh, you got some enjoyment out of it right you're sort oh, of like absolutely uh, i told you so maybe it was a a ghost of a slave that tripped you <laughs> maybe that would be pretty cool probably although was. i don't believe in ghosts but yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it probably wasn't that. Probably just the <laughs> initial that karma. Just, like your your professional opinion that it was was or was not a ghost. Yeah. I mean, we don't know until we get the ghost hunters out there. But until then, we'll just have to take your word that it was just a natural trip. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Well, that's that's great. Um, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, sure. Which part do you think Mason <laughs> Mason liked the best? I, I think she liked the part when I told her that the name of the story was that time my uncle said something racist and fell down a hill. Yes, that is the better <laughs> title. Now, in retrospect, I should have left it all in. Just put it out there at the beginning so everyone knows what we're getting into. I didn't want to spoil, but I guess, you know. Maybe you should have just left, let bygones be bygones. Just left the title as is. I don't know. And I guess we'll never know. (laughs) 
Yeah, let's redo everything. All right, take it from the top. Sarah right, is this. a very cool person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we've, we've known each other for a little while now online, uh, and yeah. we sort of run in the same circles. A lot of very cool and funny people uh, who have sent in their questions for you, uh, and we'll get into that much later. But um, how long have you been online in the Twitter format? Um, I've been on Twitter since 2011, but I had a private, well, not like a private account, but a personal account account. I didn't start writing jokes and switching over to completely joke until December of of last year, the very end of December. I just saw, you know, people writing jokes that were regular everyday people. And I thought, well, I can do that. So then I switched my my avatar to a cartoon cat Mm -hmm. and started writing jokes. Yeah. First step into doing weird Twitter jokes is change your uh, avatar to a cartoon. (laughs) And it is uh... very freeing. Oh, for sure. I know a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people who uh, go behind a cartoon avatar and just tweet out whatever. And yeah, freeing, I think, uh, is the word for it because you're not held down to your, you're anonymous. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. You're not worried about what other people are going to think or or if people find you by accident. Yeah, if your boss gets on there. (laughs) Yeah. What is this? What is this tweet about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think my boss would be more upset about the amount of time I spent on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Timestamps is a <laughs> terrible thing for yes. bosses checking in on you on Twitter. Um, but I do not ever use company time for Twitter. So uh, <laughs> any bosses currently listening, just FYI. It's good that you got that out there. Yeah, it's sort of a disclaimer. That's on the, on the record. Just on the up and up. <laughs> great. So, yeah, I'm very uh, happy to know you now and great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. And also, thanks for all the great questions. Um, originally, when I wanted to have you on, I was going to ask you all the questions that you asked everyone else. <laughs> but we got so many questions from everybody else that we don't have time for that. But I just wanted to let you know that great questions and it's really totally helped this uh, podcast. So thank you for your support. Oh, you're welcome. Hooray. <laughs> so now we move into your tweets. Uh, yeah. So uh, you have selected three tweets for us to review and discuss uh, in this first <laughs> section of the show. Uh, and the first tweet, uh, it goes like this. Am I a millennial? Yes. Am I ruining America with my unearned sense of entitlement? Well, I think I deserve to. <laughs> millennials oh my god yeah uh, you're a millennial though right we're millennials I, we all I count am, right yeah yeah i'm a millennial i think it i think it loosely if you're born between like 1980 and the mid 1990s you're considered a millennial so basically if you came of age during the turn of the millennium you're considered a millennial there you go got it so yes mm-hmm. i qualify just under the wire but yeah, um, I wrote that. I actually wrote that before I was part of Funny Twitter, so which proves that I was funny before that. So there you go. Nice little track record there. But I, you know, every day there's a new news article about how millennials are ruining something. Like now we're ruining Applebee's. I read and um, fabric softener. But I just want to say the fabric softener industry. I do buy fabric softener. You do. So so it's not me personally destroying that industry. What about Applebee's? <laughs> I occasionally have gone to Applebee's if it's with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, But I was just so tired of everybody writing all these negative articles because obviously I think that millennials get a bad rap overall of for being entitled. And then I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm just going to embrace it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So 
that's the story behind that. Tweet. Yeah, like, do you think you have a sense of entitlement? Well, I deservedly have that. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Just the perfect, uh, yeah, throwing it back in their face. Yeah, exactly. Suck it, boomers. <laughs> I hope I am ruining America for you specifically. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, well, poor America. Poor <laughs> America. I'm pretty sure every generation has thought that the previous uh, or the previous generation was stupid and that the next generation was also equally stupid. So, yes, for sure. Remember that song? What was that in my father's? I was like, every generation <laughs> blames uh, yeah. the one before. Remember that one? That's Remember that song? That was really good. Yeah. So that is what we're talking about. Everybody check out that song. <laughs> uh, I forget what that song is, but it's good. Uh, people are going to be yelling at their radios. They know what the song is. <laughs> yes. Okay. But you don't know? I don't. Okay. All right. So uh, if I remember, maybe I'll <laughs> insert some audio of it right here. Or maybe not. All right. So the next tweet that we get to from at catstronomical uh why'd you pick that handle btw oh because i thought about it for five seconds <laughs> i really wanted a catstronaut like cat astronaut of course but it wasn't available so mm. i was like oh well what's another word with like astro in it and i was like oh astronomical catstronomical Boom. but uh, people have told me like the tst messes them up in the spelling. Yeah, I guess it's tough. I guess that would be a little bit tough. So but, I wish I would have picked something easier to tell people. But yeah, that's what it is now. Well, yeah, you've made your handle and you have to tell people about it now. So, well, I think it's pretty cool. I know there's other space cats out there. There's, I don't know, laser cats. There's yeah. other, other cats uh, on the Internet. Cats are actually very popular um, on, the, oh, really? on the Internet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have you know. And uh, in fact... That is true. So it's good to have another cat, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a little bit uh, crowded out there in the cat marketplace. Or is it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, if uh, I would have thought about it for longer than like five minutes, then it would have worked out maybe better. But All right. Well, next rebrand. <laughs> once I made the decision to switch over. Um, well, yeah, I'm glad to have you as a space cat. Very freeing. Thank you. Okay. So the yeah. next twit uh, that I will read from you uh, is this. Autocorrect changed jizz to jazz, so now I'm just sitting here while this guy plays a clarinet in my face. <laughs> a lot to unpack in <laughs> oh this one. Oh my god. Well, I wrote that tweet for a contest that had to use a euphemism for for semen in it, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it just it randomly occurred to me as I came home from work. I just sat down and it popped into my head. I almost didn't tweet it, though. That's why I put it on there, because I was like, oh, I'm going to get some really gross ads. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. And a lot of uh, being anonymous on Twitter is a lot of people aren't sure if I was a guy or a girl mm-hmm. um, because it's it's very gender neutral, my my avatar and everything. Yeah. So I was like, oh, do I want to tweet this? And I was finally just decided, yes, I do. And it was like one of my fastest growing tweets like, I got so many responses to it. And then I showed my mom. She was not super pleased. Um, <laughs> Definitely not a mom tweet, but... Oh, uh, you don't think your mom wants to think about somebody jizzing in your face? I'm going to say no, based on your anecdotal evidence. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, I just... And then I think like a half an hour after I tweeted it, somebody commented, why isn't this bigger? And I was like, because I just made it. Yeah, it can um, only get so big so quickly. Yeah, but um, Kai, uh, Kyle, Kyrai5, yes. he told me that's one of his favorite tweets. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, Kyrai is great. Everyone go check him out at Kyrai5. 
Yeah, he uh, also loves jazz. <laughs> he loves jazz. We can go ahead and say that. Um, yeah, so very cool. And yeah, it's interesting how sometimes you come up with things and you're like, uh, do I even want to tweet this? And you never know how it's going to hit. And then yeah. sometimes you're surprised. Yeah, I was worried people would be like, that's really gross. <laughs> but people did not say yeah, get so. off of the internet with your gross talk. That's what they would say. <laughs> you got to keep it PG here, buddy. That's right. Alrighty, so very nice. And I guess you won that contest, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I got a couple. I got I got several trophies that day. So yeah, I think I did ding, win ding, one ding, of the ding, contests. Ding, for once. sure. That is a winner in my book. So thank you for that second tweet. And now it brings us to the final tweet at Catstronomical. So this is a conversation between you and your doctor. Mm -hmm. So you say, "Uh, I don't have insurance. And the doctor dumps a box of puppies on you. And you say, what? He's like, adorable care act. And you're bleeding to death, but you love it. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I love it. So tell us a little more about this one. Well, I don't know. I just thought of like Adorable Care Act. And then I was like, somebody had to have thought of this. Like, there's no way nobody thought of it. And when I when I searched it, there was only like one. There was two other ones. One was an obvious typo. And the other one was about Joe Biden. OK, people love <laughs> him. Had, yeah, people people do love Joe Biden. And I was like, oh, and then it kind of developed like I dropped it. I dropped the idea in a room because the first person to ever add me to a room was Kevin at Pan Midwest. Yes, shout out to Kevin. I, oh my God, he's so nice. I think I was on fun, like weird Twitter for a week and he was like, hey, do you want to come join a room? Oh, that's so the he's best. The, yeah, he's the reason for all of this. So you can blame Kevin. Yeah, or thank Kevin. So thank you, <laughs> Kevin, uh, the Pan Midwesterner. Everyone check him out at Pan Midwest. Um, yeah. And I think we have some questions from him later in the show. Yeah, but I dropped it in that room and then we were kind of just talking about it and then it all came together. And that that was that tweet. But I think it was one of the first ones that I was really proud of that I thought I I thought was really good. And I was proud to put out there. And it did it did very well. It was my top tweet for a while. That's great. And it's great when you you know, you feel good about it. You're proud of the joke and it does well. Uh, So, you know, your instincts were correct. Yeah. I tweet tweet a lot of stuff that I was like, I probably wish I wouldn't have done that. Yes, of course. But then when one of these comes along, boom, it's all made up. All those other ones are forgotten. Yeah. Have you forgotten about all the other tweets? So many, (laughs) like 98% of them completely forgotten. (laughs) But there are those few that are good. Yeah. And that's why we liked, that's why we do it. That's why we tweet. Oh, is it? I don't know. I'm just trying to <laughs> just trying to randomly end this segment. So thank you for the first uh, for the first uh, t- tweets that we have read here, the three tweets. And now we get into your picks from other tweeters. So three good tweeters here. Um, the first that you have selected is from Lady Brosif at Lady Brosif on Twitter. One of the all time faves. Uh, faves. Uh, check out her the podcast that they had. Right, they had a uh, her and Nate Wolf, I think, had a podcast, so maybe check that one out. Did you ever listen to that? I have not, but I think I have. I saw that they did have one. Yeah, they did. And I listened to a few episodes, and it was a fun time. <laughs> so the tweet that you have picked from Lady Brosif uh, is all in action. This is one action. Drives motorized scooter into meeting I'm late for, around the conference table, and out the door. 
<laughs> I I just love the image of it because also I used to be early for everything all the time and now I'm late for everything all the time. And so I just feel like it resonates and it's just like so ridiculous. I, I just love the imagery of it. I mean, there's not else you can say besides, oh, it's funny, but it's good. I liked it. It is funny. <laughs> and the best ones are the ones where you can picture the, the scenario in your mind's eye. You can really see <laughs> driving in with the motorized <laughs> scooter just around everyone as everyone's head turns <laughs> and then out the door like, see ya. Yes, exactly. So what do you think it is that made you turn from a punctual to a late? I don't know. I just uh, try not to stress about the same type of stuff anymore. And I, I don't know. I just am more relaxed now that I'm older than I ever one was when I was younger. I just feel like most things aren't life or death. Like you're not performing brain surgery. I mean, unless you are a brain surgeon. So most things can wait. I mean, I try to be on time if I say I'm going to meet somebody at a specific time, but I can't remember the last time I was on time for uh, work at my office job. Oh my. So you're on island time. I am. <laughs> right. You're, uh, yeah, you're always uh, just a few minutes late. Classic island rhythms. Yes, that's well, exactly what I was going for at Island. Yeah, I mean, well, on the couple of times that I've gone on vacation, they always mention that. They're like, yeah, if we say, you know, uh, we'll be there 12 o'clock, maybe 12, 12, 15. <laughs> I think, okay, I get yes. it. It just means you're late. That's fine. You know, sometimes being late is cool, unless you're a brain surgeon. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be late to your brain surgery. Yeah, okay, well, I guess that's good. I mean, yeah, it's way better to be more chill, for sure than to be high strung about it, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not like an hour and a half late. This is like 10 minutes late. I'll but. allow it this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks. All right. So the next tweet is from Herbie at Obviously Herbie. And it is a weird one. So <laughs> it's Herbie getting a delivery. You Herbie? The delivery driver hollers at me. Yes, toss it up, I say from my second story window. It's soup, he says. Toss it up, you fu- <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those ones that ends mid-sentence. I love that so much about this this particular tweet. I think it's done so well because you know what he's going to say next. So it doesn't, you know, it's perfect. It's perfect that it ends like that. And it's a very stream of consciousness type of weird scenario tweet so i think it, it goes to the style of it to just end mid-word oh for sure and it is good because it's sort of it is a format kind of tweet but it's sort of not written in a uh in a format that's hard to read it's sort of the written style as it were uh, and plus there's the extra layer of one who the hell orders soup for delivery and two who would ever tell you to toss soup up to a second story window well the way i picture it is when you go get soup to go or whatever they're in, it's in that like foam container with the plastic lid that's pretty <laughs> secure i mean if you're leaning out if you get a good toss you're probably looking at minimum spillage all right uh, well why don't we try it let's do an experiment <laughs> i will toss some soup up at you Let's get and the Mythbusters. And you can see if it spills. Let's get the Mythbusters. Well, it has to be one of those good, like, takeout containers. I'm talking, like, from the Chinese food place where they put the red sauce in, you know, and it the t yes. the lid is very tight. So I'm, I'm thinking that it's possible, but, yeah, ridiculous situation. Why is he ordering soup? What kind of soup <laughs> is it even? Herbie, can you even eat soup? 
<laughs> I don't know. I just like I just think it's so absurd. It just it makes me laugh every time. And I'll just it's like one of those tweets that I just think of it at random times and I have to go find it and retweet it. Nice. I love those ones. Uh, the <laughs> ones that stick with you. That means they really made an impression. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you, Herbie. And thank you, Sarah, for picking that one. And that brings us to your final selection from other tweeters. This one comes from Connor Tripler at Connor with one N, Tripler with one P. Uh, (laughs) And he is uh, one of the pretty funny dudes online, right? Like a sort of pretty famous, uh, famously funny and popular guy. Uh, I guess so. I don't really know a lot about him except for this 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 particular tweet, because um, I feel like he doesn't tweet jokes as much anymore. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about uh, what happened to him, but maybe he got famous from Twitter and got a job from it. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's the dream. That is the dream. So shout out to Connor Tripler if that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So the tweet is very funny and it goes like this. Sits 27 hours for an oil on canvas portrait. OMG, delete that. Bartholomew, I'm serious. Do not fucking hang that in the Great Hall. (laughs) That was a very good dramatic reading. Who was that anyway? Who is this guy getting his portrait taken? Very funny. Like, it's the past meets present, right? Yeah, that's why it appeals to me because I love history and, like, just the whole idea of you know, people taking selfies all the time and thinking of actually, I mean, people were obsessed with themselves for forever. Like they did get self portraits done all the time, but like the idea of like the amount of time and money you would have had to invest into a portrait to be like, no, I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a classic, uh, delete it, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's done in such a good way. And that's one of the first tweets that I ever remember reading from like funny Twitter. Um, cause when I was first on Twitter, like back in 2011, I just like followed like comedians, like actually like famous comedians. Right. And like, then I started noticing like just regular people were doing funny tweets. And that's one of the first ones I remember from that. Yeah. It turns out that, um, some comedians tweet, uh, jokes a lot, but most comedians, they don't use Twitter to tweet, uh, jokes. They kind of save that for their act. And yeah. it's, they leave it up to the regular schmoes like us to tweet all the weirdo jokes. Yeah. And I thank them for it. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that. Thank you for uh, selecting those tweets. I know it is difficult picking from hundreds of tweets uh, that are out there that you can pick from for this bit. But uh, I do appreciate everyone making the tough choices and picking their faves. So thank you for that. Yeah, it is definitely tough. I mean, there's a lot of people I know whose tweets I really love, but I was trying to pick ones that were that were special to me because of maybe knowing them from before I was part of, of weird Twitter. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are your OG favorites. Yes. Nice. Okay. Well, that explains that why you didn't pick any of your friends tweets. So that's a very good out. Yeah. I should, I have picked three Steven Skinner tweets. No, that's not what I'm saying, (laughs) (laughs) but maybe Tom at Trojan sauce wishes you had picked one of his. Maybe Radtoria oh. wanted you to pick one. Maybe at Markedly wanted you to pick one. We don't know. But speaking of all those people, we're going to get into the questions from Twitter. Burr, burr, burr. Oh. Yay. Uh, last episode, I played the Jeopardy music, but I am not going to play that this time. It's good you still <laughs> mentioned it, though. Yeah. So just in case anyone's wondering, for canonical purposes, there was a one-time deal. Oh, everybody just imagine it. 
Yeah. And imagine me as Alex Trebek. <laughs> Great. So the questions are, first question comes from friend of the show, Tom at Trojan Sauce. Now his questions are, we'll take them one at a time. What is your favorite movie adaptation of a book? Um, Probably Atonement. I think it's a really, really, really good movie. Um, and it has one of my favorite sex scenes of all time, oh, in case anybody was wondering. Oh, my. Uh, so what – I'm not sure I remember that one. What – who is in it? Um, it has um, James McAvoy and Kira Knightley, and he gets accused of, oh, yeah. of rape. And then he – basically, years later, she realizes – the little girl realizes she made a huge mistake, and it wasn't actually him. And it's this whole – it's really depressing. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm kind of a sucker for, like, depressing, realistic – uh, sad love stories. Okay, and plus, Kira Knightley and McAvoy getting it on. Ain't oh my bad. god, is that in the, the scene? library? Is so it? good. Okay, all <laughs> right, everyone, check out that movie and fast forward to that scene. Yes, just go right to that. Don't even watch the rest of the movie. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, a little bit too depressing if you're just looking for a little pick me up. So there you go, Tom. It is Atonement, and do you know the author per chance? Yeah, Ian isn't Ian Ian something crap. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, here comes the here comes the Google. Ian McEwen. Yeah, is that who it is? Uh, yep. <laughs> I just blanked. Sorry, I totally blanked. Yeah, nope. Ian McEwen. Ian McEwen. So everyone, go check that out. Read the book first, then see the movie. Right? Or do it the other yeah. way. I mean, they're pretty similar, but I probably you probably want to read the book first and then see the movie, right? So it's a faithful adaptation. Yes. So if it's a faithful adaptation, I'd say yeah, you can read the book first and then see the movie. But if the movie isn't a faithful adaptation, then you want to flip that. Or, well, see, I think uh, very rarely is a movie better than a book because, you know, obviously there's a, like you have a limited time. But like if you want to see a movie that's better than the book and just forego reading the book, I would go with Silver Linings Playbook. The movie is far superior to the book, in my opinion. Oh, there you go. I did see that movie and it was good and <laughs> an award darling. <laughs> yeah, Critical. I liked it better than the book. Critical acclaim. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Yeah, a lot of dancing and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't really know what kind of movie it wants to be, but it is enjoyable. Yeah, it was a little confusing. The tone sort of shifts. It's like a football movie and a mental health movie and a dance movie and a love story. There you go. They should just put that on the box. Wait, they don't have boxes (laughs) for movies anymore. Oh, I'm so old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to start asking if I can write the little thing that goes on the box, and I'll just write write it in sentences, like, exactly like that. The blurb, and you just said, just say what happens? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. Everyone who's listening who can make that happen, please get in touch with at Catstronomical on Twitter. (laughs) Okay, let's keep this question train rolling, because it is a long one. The next question from Tom same guy is tell the story about that murderer with the bodies hidden in his apartment (laughs) Uh, i can't tell the whole story because it's kind of long um but i met tom and and will and sky when they came to philadelphia and we went out for a beer and of course i was like oh what should i talk about that would be interesting and fun for other people (laughs) uh so of course i was like hey do you guys know about the corpse collector (laughs) 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 <laughs> but there was this guy, Harrison Marty Graham, 
who um, murdered about seven people in 1987. I think it was six or seven people. And they only discovered it because his apartment started to smell. And when they went in there, they found seven bodies, including one under his mattress that they thought he had been sleeping on. Um, But one of his girlfriends knew that he had killed somebody and he had put the body like out on the roof like next to the window and she was annoyed because there were birds pecking at it and she told him he better move the body. Oh my goodness. What year is this? (laughs) Go ahead. What year was this? Sorry. 1987. It was, it was, this is in my lifetime. Yeah. That's the year I was born. Oh my word. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and then when they, you know, he turned himself in because his mother convinced him to turn himself in. And he said that those bodies were there when he got the apartment. <laughs> the cla- the most classic excuse. It was yeah, there when mine. I, yeah, it was like that when I got here. But yeah, his name's Harrison Marty Graham. Um, he's a he's a preacher now in prison. So and he still has a MySpace. And he, I, I looked up MySpace. It still exists. So I wonder who's in his top eight. <laughs> I don't know. But he does a lot of drawings. So, wow. So you really followed up on that. <laughs> Just keep, oh, yeah. Oh, keeping tabs I 100% on will read everything about any killer I learn about. Ah, so you're a true crime buff. I, I am. guess that makes sense where you're going to study it. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for those questions, Tom. Uh, everyone give him a follow at Trojan Sauce on Twitter and check out his episode of the podcast. And uh, next question comes from our pal Ghost Mom at Radatoria. Uh, and she asks... Sarah, can you please give us some examples of how you are so bad at eating? <laughs> yeah, well, that tweet about I, I'm bad at eating, or, I'm not trying to seduce you, I'm just really bad at eating, was something I said in a DM room because I was eating nachos, and I sent a picture of the nachos, and people were going crazy over the nachos. Like, <laughs> oh my God, they look, they look so good. And I was like, I'm not trying to seduce you, I'm just really bad at eating. Uh, so that's... <laughs> It was nachos. There you go. And that's the tweet that obviously she is referencing. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, very funny tweet of yours. One of my favorites, I think. <laughs> it's my top It's my top tweet because Lin-Manuel Miranda retweeted it. Um, so Creator I of Hamilton long- on Broadway, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, wow. my God. I... I am so I was so that day that he did that I freaked out. I've listened to Hamilton like 200 times um and I'm going to go see it next year when it comes to Philadelphia. Of course you have to buy tickets like a year in advance, oh, which course, is insane. Yes. But yeah, I don't I think it's going to be a while before another tweet I have overtakes that one just because of that. Yeah, well I mean it's a great tweet plus it gets the big Lynn bump, the Hamilton bump. Um but <laughs> yeah, not trying to seduce you, just really bad at eating. <laughs> Some examples, so I guess the nachos. Mm-hmm. That is the number one example. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other examples for? Uh... I don't know. I'm just an awkward person, so I feel like I I eat awkwardly as well. All right. So I feel like if you're trying to make food sexy, like I do not know how to make any food sexy at all. <laughs> right. I, I don't like think there's sexy food. <laughs> biting the bottom of ice cream cones and stuff like that, just like no <laughs> idea, no idea, using the wrong end of the fork or something. Yeah. You know, just licking a lot of things. I think. <laughs> I mean, it goes for your cat-like nature. <laughs> that's okay. All right. Well, there you go, uh, Ghost Mom. Everyone, check her out at Radtoria on Twitter. Uh, the next comes from our good pal uh, Mark McGark at Markedly on Twitter. Do check out Making Friends with Mark McGark podcast at McGark Pod on Twitter. Um, and his question is actually it's not really a question; it's more of like a statement. Tell us about graveyards. 
Um, well, I, I, I have met Mark. He's very nice and he's very quiet in person. And of course, because I just talk constantly when I'm nervous, he was talking about Washington Square Park and that they found a mass grave there. And I was like, oh, my God, they found a mass grave in Washington Square Park in Philadelphia, too. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, just when the they fun were stuff you bond over. <laughs> it was like a graveyard for um, like the yellow fever epidemic in mm. 1793 hit yes. especially hard in Philadelphia. And so they just started using the park because it was an open area to bury bodies in. But apparently they did that in Washington Square Park in New York as well. Wow. What a fun coincidence. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're learning so much, so thank you for your vast knowledge about all this death. You're welcome. This is great. Um, so there you go, Mark. Thank you for that lovely, uh, insightful prompt. Um, now we get to future guest Kevin at Pan Midwest, the Pan Midwesterner himself. <laughs> he has asked two questions, the first of which is... <clears throat> What is the source of your awesomeness and is it available to others? I, I want to be like, you have to, you know, like eat ketchup every day or like eat a pine cone. Eat um, a pine cone. <laughs> I don't know. I always want to say, say dumb answers. But, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Make Kevin do something really try, silly. <laughs> I just try, try to do things that I like to do and then hope that my enthusiasm for those things, uh, you know, comes over to others. I mean, not everybody's going to be into you know, dead people. But I think if you share it in a way and, and then also listen to other people and kind of read other people, you could be like, oh, yeah, you're probably into dead people, too. Let me tell you a cool story. Yeah. So you have a dead person story for every occasion. I pretty much do. <laughs> That's great. So that is the source of your awesomeness, the ability <laughs> to uh, relate dead stories uh, in any opportunity. And yeah. uh you you can do it too, Kevin. You just have to, you know, study hard and work at a museum <laughs> for a long time. I mean, you can talk about other subjects, but I guess just just listening to people and 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 kind of uh, trying to share your enthusiasm for things. You know, I think that's just a general great life tip for all the listeners yes. out there. <laughs> Don't uh, be a dick. <laughs> oh, that's great too. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Listen to people. Be nice. Those are great rules to live by. The next question from Kevin is, if you were a sandwich at Jimmy John's, which sandwich would you be? I know why he's asking this question. It's because he goes to Jimmy John's and gets a sandwich called the Vito every time. And my husband's name is Vito. Uh, so here he's, we always, go. <laughs> he's always telling me that he's eating a Vito. But I like the one that's like, I'm not a vegetarian, but I like the one that's like the cucumber and tomatoes and like the cream cheese thing. Okay. I think it's like really good. Veg. I don't know what it's called, but it's really like delicious. a veggie, something with a veggie, yeah. veggie style. All right. Keeping it light. Uh, we actually do not have Jimmy John's in Canada. So unfortunately, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they make it fresh, sandwiches. though, right? <laughs> just some I, sub, submarine sandwiches. Yeah, just different kind of sandwiches. Uh, they have I know they have this dumb commercial about like how they're the fastest delivery ever. And like you shouldn't call the fire department because Jimmy John's will get there faster. Um, if you have a fire, I oh can't my. remember, but it's something uh, like that. So <laughs> right. that's probably where you want to go for sandwiches. If you're starving and you want delivery. <laughs> <laughs> and you need it really fast. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Shout out to Jimmy John's and everyone be sure to order that sandwich or order the veto. That sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what's on that. Do you know? I have no idea. Oh, man. I assume it's Italian stuff, but maybe that's like. 
Uh, could be. Well, we'll have to Racist? follow up with Kevin <laughs> on a future episode. Be sure to listen in. <laughs> okay. Should I ask him what's on the veto in his episode? Yes, that would be <laughs> a, a very good question to ask. So uh, the next question comes from the very first friend of the show, Jess, at Jess okay Fine on Twitter. And her question is, does Sarah have pets? And if so, please discuss said pets at great length. <laughs> uh, I do have pets. I, I actually grew up in central Pennsylvania, so I've had almost everything you can have. Like I've had horses, uh, dogs, obviously, sheep, goats, chickens, um, rabbits, hamsters, obviously fish. Um, but I currently have two cats, Gracie and Ripley. They're the cats that are actually in my avatar and in my header Cool. Uh, on Twitter. Those are my real cats. And then I also have two chinchillas. Their names are Sterling and Waffles. Waffles, my man. <laughs> my sister named him, so I had to keep it. That's what you get when your sister names things. Yeah, don't let your you get a chinchilla named waffles. <laughs> well, that's very cool. So you've had the gamut. You've had every animal. Sounds like pretty much. Yeah, uh, under your heart. So can you t- can you narrow it down to your like top, n- not including the ones you have now, the cats and the chinchillas, the lifetime achievement awards of your top animals who are the cool cool the ones. lifetime achievement awards yeah i mean in your life who was the best uh, who are like oh. the top three i loved having horses it was a lot of work but it was great we like we lived in the middle of nowhere like i can't emphasize this enough like an amish guy that lived down the street from us helped us build our barn nice. um yeah so i i loved having horses i still love horses i think they're so nice and i know will is listening to this and i care about horses Upside down trash. Oh, here we go. Because he does not care about horses. Um, I always, I love cats. I have like a fondness in my heart for cats. And I have always had very good experience with cats. I know some people have like think they're just huge assholes and they can be. (laughs) Um, But I've always loved my cats. And I went through a phase. We had so many. I named them all after Disney princesses. It was like the best time in my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I've had some really good dogs, too. I had this one dog when I was younger, and then I ended up getting hit by a car, and it was really sad. But I think it was my favorite dog of all time. So so can we give a shout-out to that dog? Its its name was Cinnamon, yeah. Cinnamon. <laughs> Rest in peace up there in doggy heaven. That De- definitely makes the top three. So shout-out to Cinnamon <laughs> and all the horses. <laughs> Well, very cool. So there you go, Jess. Thank you for your lovely question. Uh, And now a question from fellow good question asker, Timmy at the Timmy Toes on Twitter. His question for Sarah is, what's your earliest memory of candy? Well, I used to go to my grandma's house all the time when I was younger and she's dead now, which is really Mm. sad, but I have some great memories there. However, so that's probably the first place I remember eating candy. And however, she used to have like really gross candy too. Like, you know, those circus peanuts, the orange circus peanuts. Okay. Yeah. That was awful. But she, and she used to have like button candy. I know a lot of people hate that where it's just like the sugar on the paper, but that's the first candies I remember having. That's so. that's nice. Yeah. But <laughs> you've since fond memory of the person, but it's really gross candy. <laughs> the candy not good, the memory is sweet. So the uh, what candy are you into now? Um I love caramel. Anything with caramel. Caramel. Yeah. Caramel creams. Caramel creams. And also, yeah, and also sour patch kids. Okay, yeah. I can get down with sour patch kids. Yeah. Puckering up thinking about them right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, we got some from a random street person when, um, I mean, she wasn't like homeless, uh. but like a, a person on the street uh, when I went out uh, drinking with some other Twitter people. She was just selling candy. And then Will came back in with like eight things of candy. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'll take these. I got Sour Patch Kids. Nice. It was pretty, it was nice. Great. So They're now, even better drunk, so. Obvi- uh, yeah, obviously, right? <laughs> really hits that spot. Drunk or 1, I, 2 a.m. spot. <laughs> Yeah, or I guess when you're buying them from a random person off the street. Yeah, I guess you kind of have to be a little bit drunk maybe to be mm-hmm. <laughs> buying stuff from uh, a random person <laughs> off the street. But there you go. In another great memory for you. So the next question coming in from your BFF, Maison Pierrefort. Wait, am I yeah. saying that right? <laughs> well, you said it very French, but she just says it like Mason. Okay, so from Mason, at Mason <laughs> with a pen. Very funny tweeter. Definitely everyone go check her out. And I think her website is masonwithapen.com. Yes. Yes, everyone check that out as well. A lot of good long-form writing. Oh, yeah, she's so, a great writer. So her questions are, if you had to die from syphilis, leprosy, or the bubonic plague, which would you choose? This is actually pretty easy, and it's the bubonic plague, and for two reasons. One, that's my time period in history, of which I am most fond. So, you know, a nice firsthand experience. But two, you also die from that the quickest. Oh, so, yeah, it's a double whammy. Great uh, logic behind that answer. Totally makes sense. So uh, how do you die from bubonic plague? Um, It's basically like the flu, and you just get a really bad fever, but it also attacks your glands. So your glands swell up and they turn black, which Uh, is why it's called the Black Death a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the buboes, that's the swelling, so that's why it's called bubonic plague, but it's all the same thing. Um, And then basically you just die in seven to ten days from basically having a really bad flu. Oh, dang. You're like, my glands! (laughs) Yeah, it's curable now. It's actually a bacterial infection, so if you get it, which it still exists in the world, you can just take antibiotics. Okay, well, that's that's good. So, black death, (laughs) we don't have to really be worried too much about it. No, I mean, if you live in the American Southwest, you you might be like a small percentage worried about it. Oh wow, American um, Southwest, get your yeah. get your stuff together. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on down there? Yeah, yeah. So, my dad used to work for the Wyoming Department of Health, and he had to treat a guy who got the bubonic plague from skinning a coyote. Oh yeah, of course you're gonna get it from that. Yeah, you yeah, just can't that's wait. A normal activity you do. Well, you just can't wait to to get it cooking, right? You just gotta sample a little <laughs> while you're slicing it up. Well, there you go, Mason. That's your first uh, question answered. And the follow-up question, what is the most fascinating part of the human cadaver? I don't know what she means by that. No, like, I don't know if like, she means a physical part. Like, yeah. as far as dead parts go, I like bones the most because I think they're the, the nicest and most uniform and you have a certain amount uh, and they look nice once they're clean. I love the way skulls look. But as far as like the fascination with it, I think it's just one of those things that everybody kind of has a morbid fascination with because death is kind of off limits or has been. And I think we're we're like more mainstream about it, but it's always been a very separate part. And traditional traditionally people who have dealt with death have been kind of on the fringes of society. But I think there's more of a fascination with it now. But mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of just, more out in the or open or people's fascination with it sort of is more out in the open. Now there's more research uh, information out there that you can go to. Right. Now that we understand why things are the way they are and how it works and how to prevent, you know, contracting diseases, because before, obviously, it was like a more practical thing to stay away from dead people. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to yeah. be catching that black death just because <laughs> you're a looky-loo. Yeah. All right. Well, so bones is the answer. 
Thank yes. you, Mason, for your questions. Uh, definitely everyone follow Mason with a pen on Twitter. Now we get to friend of the show and fellow Philadelphian, Philadelphian, fellow Philadelphian Will. Uh, <laughs> yep. And he is a questions. What is your favorite story you tell on your Muther Museum tour? Yes. Um, so it's it's a morbid anatomy museum. Uh, so we have like a lot of different specimens, both both real and then also like paper mache and wax and things like that. I think my favorite story is probably Chang and Ang, who are like oh, yeah. they're called Siamese twins because they're from Siam. But now you would obviously call them conjoined twins. But they lived in the 1800s and they went on tour everywhere. And eventually they decided to settle down and they bought a farm in North Carolina and they adopted the American last name Bunker and they married sisters Sarah and Adelaide Yates. And between them, they had 21 children. Wow. And every time I get to the 21, they had 21 children part. People are just like, wait a second. And I have to like maintain a completely straight face. And then just be like, well, that band that connected them, it was very flexible. So usually they stood side by side. And I just think it's kind of amusing to watch people like try and figure out the logistics. Yeah. If you've ever seen a picture, you know, that they're conjoined like at the side, right? Um, it's like in their stomach almost. So they were shared part of a liver. But so they like if they just stood how they were, they would be facing each other. Yeah. But. Yeah, but that band was like very flexible. So usually they stood side by side. But yeah, if you go look up Chang and Ang online, you'll get a, an image. The tw- 21 children, one had 10, one had 11. Oh, man, you got to feel bad for the guy who only had 10. <laughs> but he like couldn't keep up like yeah, it was a competition. It was a lifetime competition. So yeah, very cool. Those guys are in the Guinness work book of records, I think, right? Maybe. Yeah, they probably are. I think so. I think they were in the uh, like the Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, museum that we have in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. So very cool. So that's the story you get to tell on when you're giving tours around the museum. Yeah, I, I just think it's funny watching people's reaction and then also me just trying to be like completely cool about it. Like it's a normal thing to say. Yeah, just matter of fact. And then yep. they had 21 children mm-hmm. or 10 and 11. Yeah. Well, there you go, Will. Thank you for the first question. Now we get to your second question. How would you describe your Twitter experience so far? Um, It's been very good. I have met a lot of people I would have never met otherwise. Obviously, uh, as some people may know, Mason just came to my house. And I only have known her since February and only through Twitter. Yes, love it. Connections being made, lifetime friendships. Yeah, everybody's been really nice and accepting. Like I was scared. The first person to ever like direct message me from weird Twitter was Billy. Okay. Um, Why at e Green? Green. Why Green? However Green. you say. It. Um, and I was like, who is this asshole messaging me? But it was to say something nice, so I needn't have feared. <laughs> you really <laughs> jumped to a conclusion immediately. <laughs> well, I thought he was going to tell me I was doing something wrong or bad or I don't know. I'm always worried when, when you see the message pop up because I did not have experience with direct messaging and I didn't realize there were these whole groups of people that talked. So I was like, oh, it's some weirdo. It wasn't. Well, now you learned your lesson. I did. Not all the internet is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small percentage of it is nice. Yeah, you just got to dig out those sweet chunks. Um, okay, so moving on, we still have a lot of questions to get to. The next question comes from Jack at OK, I'm Still Hungry. And his question is very simple. 
Would you fight a horse? No, 100% not. Have you seen a horse? It's like all muscle. Plus, they're so friendly and you had some as pets, kind of, yeah. right? Back yeah. in the day. So, yeah, there you go, Jack. The answer is obviously no, and you shouldn't either. Yeah, like, don't just go up and punch a horse. What the hell? Yeah, who did that? Someone did that. <laughs> I think it was uh, one of those boxers. Oh, he, my God. Why would you do that? And he killed the horse. He one punch killed a horse. So I'm sorry for bringing that up. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people are probably yelling out who it was at their radio because I do not recall. Now... The next question comes from sweatpants share at house underscore feminist and Morgan asks three questions. And the first question she asks is what's Sarah's favorite communicable disease? I think we kind of already <laughs> covered this. <laughs> well, I had to choose. I, I do really like syphilis as a disease to study just because um, it's curable now, but it used to like eat holes in people's brains and eat their faces off. Mm. Um I like the idea of like panic and fear. I mean, not like I don't get like pleasure from it, but I think it's kind of fascinating when people panic over things that we now know the the reason to. Right. That makes sense. Mm hmm. And her second question is, what exotic animal would you like as a pet? Oh, maybe a peacock. I like those. You know, they jump really high. Uh, I worked at the zoo and they just like let peacocks sort of roam around like super chill. Yes. And those things jump like 15 feet high and they would jump from the ground onto like the roofs of buildings. And it was very impressive because they don't look like they really do much. They're kind of like a big turkey. But then when yes. you see them like jump up and fly kind of thing, you're like, ah, oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. Great feathers, too. Yeah. I was going to say the males are really pretty. Yeah, very pretty or handsome. Uh, so <laughs> the final question from Morgan is, what's your favorite Sin Measle movie? <laughs> it's definitely The Rapid and the Rageful. There you go. I don't know any of that stuff. The, Morgan had a tweet about uh, if like her family was so poor that they had to even have generic movies like Rapid and Rageful instead of Fast and the Furious. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Call back to House Feminist Suite. So there you go. Uh, I think that answers all of your questions. And now we get to the final question. A classic. You did it. From Sarah's main man, <laughs> the sandwich man, <laughs> the man named, the sandwich was named after, Vito Gulla at, wait, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, it's Gulla. Vito Gulla at Vito Gulla on Twitter. So the question for you, the final question is, what's your favorite acronym? <laughs> is that what he sounds like? I don't know. It's kind of like a, is that like a Philadelphia <laughs> flair? <laughs> Mine always, I think it always ends up sounding like Brooklyn. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, he sounds a little bit South Philly, but mostly he, he sounds like me, um, except a man. I, I probably, my favorite acronym is WTF. That's probably the one I use the most. Although I wish it was like, you could write like WTS for like, what the shit. Right. Or WTAF for what the actual fuck. But right, I guess I'll just go You never say with... that. Yeah, I know. And I say that all the time. So I'm just going to start typing that and then yeah. make it a thing. I think we're starting it here, everyone. WTAF, what the <laughs> actual fuck. <laughs> Emphasis on actual. Yes. So there you go. WTF, uh, HBU, uh, BRB. <laughs> uh, uh, 
like C-U-L-8-R. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I that don't counts. <laughs> that doesn't count. So there you have it, Vito. Uh, you can definitely discuss that with uh, Sarah later um uh the favorite acronym and i guess that brings us to the end of all the questions thank you so much to everyone who has asked a question and thank you sarah for all your wonderful questions that you've asked to uh, other guests uh it really means a lot and it really helps the show make the wheels spin (laughs) i don't know what i was gonna say so um yeah now i guess we're winding down we're wrapping it up so just before we go, I know we've talked about uh, dead people a lot and mm-hmm. you ha- you're like a wealth of knowledge. So it's very this is one of the most informative episodes, I'm sure, uh, of this show uh, anyway. So I just wanted to know what are a couple of interesting factoids or tidbits that you want to leave us with. So, you know, because you're the museum guide, you have all this information at your fingertips. What are your go-to that you haven't already shared? Your go-to, like, factoids or tidbits? Uh, It can be about anything. Syphilis, dead people, bubonic plague, (laughs) uh, your favorite uh, years. I remember when we first met in the DM room, you dropped all this cool, uh, like, information. I was like, oh, this person's so cool because of your knowledge. Uh, I don't remember what I said, but um, I guess I... I uh I feel like I've I've like inappropriate well not like inappropriately but like outside of the conversation just been like hey you guys here's this weird thing um but my favorite century is definitely the 14th century known as the calamitous 14th century because of all the bad things that went wrong so you have the black death the hundred years war you have a famine um the hundred years war by the way is the one Joan of Arc is famous for oh right um Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you have a schism in the church. So at like one point in time, they had three popes. So you have one in Avignon, <laughs> you have one in Rome, and then they excommunicated each other. And then the church was like, no, we don't want either of these guys. So then they had a third pope and then they all excommunicated each other. Oh, my goodness. So I just think for for uh, for European history, it's probably the best century. Calamities is right. Wow. A lot yeah. of stuff going on. And shout out to Joan of Arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's sainted, you know, as of in the 1900s, but um, I'm sure that's a little consolation to Joan since they let her burn at the stake. Yeah, that's an unfortunate part of that story, but the rest of it, very cool. Yep. Um, great. So now that we're all caught up about uh, that calamitous 14th century and we all know about uh, the different types of bubonic plague and all the other uh things that you've shared with us i think it is just about time to wrap up the show is there anyone that you wanted to shout out before we go anyone i wanted to shout out no, no um just a general and like thank hey you, to you all everyone. idiots know who you are <laughs> yeah um <laughs> shout out to all of our mutuals mutuals friends yes Yes, absolutely. Everybody that I've met on Twitter has been so nice. And it's so nice to have like a community of people that have your similar interests. And it's been a really fun, rewarding experience. And I getting into this in December, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, So thanks, everybody. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us to the end of the episode and where I play the theme and we say goodbye. Okay. So bye. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Uh, Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe in iTunes. Yep. Go read a history book. Oh, definitely read a history book. And if you're in Philadelphia, check out Ruther Museum. Yes. 
come see me. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. What a wild ride. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Sarah. If you did, please send us a note on Twitter at FOTSPod. And don't forget to drop a question for a future guest. Please visit StephenWSkinner.com for all the episodes and anything else. And follow at SkinnerSteven on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening and have a great one.